0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Friday, July the 3rd, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, on July 3rd, 1863, three-day Civil War battle at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, ended in a major victory for the North. The battle became known as Pickett's Charge. Today, in 1775, General George Washington took command of the Continental Army, he took command in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Today, in 1976, Israel launched a daring mission to rescue 106 passengers. Air France crew was on the plane as well. It was an Air France airplane. And um, they were hijacked and they landed in Uganda, Entebbe, the capital of Uganda, the airport there. And that was in 1976. I was spending a lot of time in Africa, particularly in Kenya right then, which is next door. They share a, a border. Uh, and um, we were involved out in um, a, a town. It's kind of a large town. It's not a large town compared to our towns, but it's larger than the villages. Uh, out on the lake, it's called Kasumu, and um, we were building a Christian um a church there, and we were building a Bible school as well. Uh, there for pastors to come from all over that part of Kenya to prepare for ministry or study for ministry and so on. And um, so I got to know a lot of the locals out there. In fact, that was very—it's clo- very close to where Barack Obama's tribe lives, and I'd never heard of him at the time. But um, his tribe lives in another village. It's just a little ways from this place where I spent a lot of time, and we were in some of those villages, may have been in his village, I don't know, or his father's village. But anyway, this, this plane, I mean, the whole world was kind of focused on this at the time, and how will they get them out? Because most of the passengers that were being held hostage were Israeli. Overnight, these guys just came in, these commandos, Israeli commandos. They just came in, and all of a sudden, all of these people were gone, except for four. Idi Amin was the, a dictator-ruler type in Uganda. It was horrible at that time. In fact, many people said he had once practiced cannibalism. I mean, it was awful, just almost indescribably awful. And um, he couldn't believe that that happened. He just went berserk when he found out that that had happened because it was a big deal to him to hold the Israelis in uh, caption. But what I remember is that in the years that followed, the two or three years that I was in and out of there, the uh, the guys that lived there, the Christians that I knew, they they kept telling, retelling the story. And every time they told it, there were new and expanded details of the heroics of this. And it's interesting, almost like a fishing trip. You know how the fish that you caught, or almost caught, gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, that, that's what happened with this. But it was a, ma- a major event in history at the time. And I remember uh, smiling a few times. Interestingly enough, Uganda is, is strongly, primarily Christian now. mean, is gone. But it's primarily Christian, very, very strong Christian influence in the country, as is the case with Kenya as well. But at that time, the Christians were hunted, actually. So things have changed there, but I remember that story well. Today in 1976, thanks for indulging me for a moment. It all came back. Today in 1986, President Ronald Reagan presided over a gala uh, ceremony in New York Harbor, saw the relighting of the renovated Statue of Liberty. Today in 2005, a NASA space probe called Deep Impact, it hit its comet target as planned. The mission was to learn how the solar system formed. Well, we know how it formed. It goes like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Ten years ago today, President Barack Obama announced the awarding of nearly $2 billion for new solar plants. He said this will create thousands and thousands of jobs. It didn't. The people in the industry, many of them corrupt, not all, but many of them were corrupt. They took the $2 billion, started companies, and almost all of them, within just a few short years, had gone bankrupt. The money had been wasted, or corruption had prevailed, and the money had been taken for personal gain, personal use, and the companies were dumped. It's an amazing thing, but what happened. That was not widely reported, of course. The Declaration of Independence was written, for the most part, by Thomas Jefferson. He was kind of the lead writer, but also involved in the actual writing of the document was Benjamin Franklin, Roger Sherman, John Adams, and Robert Livingston. The document was written not only as an act of independence from Britain, certainly was that, but it also listed all of the wrongs that had been done against the colonies by King George III. Have you read the Declaration of Independence at all, or if so, have you read it recently? It's, it bears reading. It's very informative. It's just amazing. There's nothing quite like it in the world, anywhere, anytime, really. It begins with a phrase that we've all heard so many times. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights among them, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Then the document goes on to say that when in the course of human events it becomes necessary to separate from an oppressive power, and it justifies what they're about to do, and that is to, to separate from England. And then it goes through all of the griev- grievances, and they're, they're listed, like one, two, you know. I mean, it's amazing. Very articulate, very well written, obviously. But it ends with this. We m- mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And they all signed it. John Hancock signed it really big. He said he wanted the king to be sure And notice his name on the document. They all signed it. They signed it because they deeply believed in what they could not see, but they saw in their minds, in their hearts. And those who were true believers, and most of them were, believed that God had given them a vision. They believed in the city on the hill. They believed in a nation that put itself under God, yet got its rights, individual rights from God, our Creator. They recognize that God is the Creator of the comets, the solar systems, the universe, and each of us as individuals. That's how this nation was birthed, and it gives us great, great reason to celebrate on this 4th of July weekend. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that, but I noticed this morning that President Donald Trump called... Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr., you may not remember the name, but you'll remember the incident. He, President Trump called to offer his condolences over the death of his son, Horace Jr., he was one of those that was shot and killed, the teenager, inside Seattle's CHOP area, Capitol Hill-occupied protest, that they finally hauled away, although, as I said yesterday, they all of the people that were participating in that failed fiasco have said they're going to find another place and they're going to do it all over again. President Trump has constantly challenged Mayor Durkin and, and Governor Jay Inslee about why didn't they intervene and stop that thing. He kept saying it publicly and people mocked him when he did it, But then they did, for sure, they mocked him. But Fox News is reporting this morning that Trump called Anderson after seeing him on Fox one of the Fox programs, I think it was Hannity. And uh, Anderson's a spokesman told Fox, he said, yeah, we just spoke to the president of the United States. He said, how are you going to top that? This Andre uh, Andre Taylor, I think is his name, but he was speaking on behalf of the family. He's a friend. And uh, Taylor said that Trump told Anderson that he saw him on television. And he said, I just wanted to call you. He said, I became aware of the exact details of it. And um, Taylor said that the president was on the phone for about seven, eight minutes talking to him. It wasn't just a fast call. He said they had a pretty good chat. He offered his condolences that president did. He said that uh, he said he was incredibly, uh, president Trump was incredibly gracious. And he said it gave Horace, his friends, the father, some extra help as he buried his son. He said Durkin had never contacted him, ever, over that, until she saw that on television, and she heard about it. So then, not to be outdone by the president, I presume, she gets on the phone real quick and calls. So much of what's going on in our world on the left, the progressive, so-called progressive, those who claim to be enlightened, they're not, is so disgusting, disappointing, Taylor Taylor said that CHOP should have been dismantled a week before the shooting. He said so many of us in the black community were asking for that. The governor wouldn't do it. The mayor wouldn't do it. The father, he said Black Lives Matter is not a, my movement right now. In other words, he perhaps at one time was tolerating it, but No more. Well, President Trump is going to Mount Rushmore today to celebrate Independence Day, the 4th of July, a day early. We're told not to celebrate today. Seattle Times is running a story this morning that's the same story I saw in three different newspapers around the country, and that would lead me to believe that it's probably in a whole bunch of them. Each one is recrafted a little bit to identify with the local you know, market, wherever they are. One was in the Midwest, and I saw one in the East somewhere. Same story. Same story, but it's just tweaked a little bit. It says it's... <laughs> the lead line is, this is not the time for 4th of July barbecues. Yeah, I understand. Nobody wants to get the virus. But it, then it goes on and it gives the t- statistics from each state but it says there are some common threads in the story, and like I said, somebody wrote it, and it's all over the place. But it's each one is tweaked to the local market. As coronavirus cases rise in 40 of 50 states, they're urging special precautions, if you gather. Why weren't they concerned? And why aren't they concerned? With thousands and thousands and thousands of uninformed, mostly young people, but some parents with little children marching through the streets of of the cities of America, burning and looting and breaking and shouting at each other six inches apart, most of whom are not wearing masks. Where is the outrage about that? It doesn't exist. That's the problem. And that's the great divide in America. But this weekend, we will pause... And we will celebrate, and we will thank God, those of us who are Christians, I hope, thank God for the greatest nation in the history of the world. Today we'll include a massive fireworks display, just like our founding fathers and second U.S. President Adams envisioned in a letter to his wife. I'm going to come back to his letter in a moment. We celebrate America. We celebrate our founding, our blessings, our independence, our God-given freedom. But not everyone shares that passion, as you well know. And they certainly don't share the president's passion about it. They don't like him. They hate him. And they're not liking America like they once did. In fact, there's a poll out there this morning from Rasmussen that says, it says that 75% of likely U.S. voters do not believe that Mount Rushmore should be closed or changed because two of the four presidents um, were slave owners. Well, you would say, that's a good thing. Well, in context, it's not as good as it appears. 17% believe the memorial should be closed, changed, or destroyed, taken down. Mount Rushmore. But Rasmussen, who tends to be conservative, says, however, that compares to 90%. The 76% of likely U.S. voters compares to 90% just three years ago. 71% 71% still oppose removing the names of early presidents like Washington and Jefferson who were slave owners. But again, they say that's down from 88% just three years ago. And they said most of the sea change in the, the thinking in America, in this poll, their poll, asking the same question three years in a row, most of the change, opposing Mount Rushmore, opposing Washington and Lincoln are among voters under 40. It's not surprising, but it's disappointing. That's the result of what we call public education. It isn't education, it's indoctrination. Our founders were very clear about how important education was. Noah Webster, the founder of education, public education as we know it today, had something very different in mind. He had in mind that, in fact, he once said the Bible could be, he didn't say it should be, he said it could be, the only textbook because it has all of the disciplines in it for a complete education. Well, we've come a ways from that sentiment, but he's right. The Washington Post is reporting Trump's visit to Mount Rushmore today. They're reminding America that fireworks display is a break with a decades-long ban on pyrotechnics, at the iconic spot because of concerns about public health, environment, and safety risk. Again, where is the Washington Post when they're burning down Washington, D.C.? They just don't mention it. Neither does the Seattle Times. WAPO reminds the citizens that the National Park Service stopped fireworks in 2010 out of concern that it could ignite wildfires. Ian Fury is a spokesman for the South Dakota Governor, Kristi Noem. She's a Republican. She said that the National Park Service says they're prepared for it. They don't see any problems. Fury says, told the press, we're confident that the Rushmore fireworks celebration can be conducted safely. It had to cross my mind. I'll be honest with you, and this is just between you and me. I mean, don't quote me. But people are so adverse and so hate-filled. It had to cross my mind, would anyone even consider somehow starting fires in that vicinity today or tonight when they have that fireworks display just as one more way to undermine the president? Would they consider that? Would they try to do that? Only a few years ago, I would have never even questioned. They could. In fact, the governor says they have a lot of resources on site, firefighting resources and everything. But it's not just the fires. Bezos paper, the Washington Post, they, it goes on and expresses concern that there will be no, here, it go, here they go again, no social distancing. And while there's only 7,500 tickets been given out to people to attend, 125,000 people have requested tickets. And now that some of the newspapers are speculating that there's going to be a massive gathering out there of 125,000 people, and only 75 pe- 100 people will be allowed to get in, and it'll be chaos, and it'll be awful, and they're going on and on and on and on. This is the 4th of July. <laughs> it's ironic how the newspapers and other news services are expressing patriotic concern for the people's health and the environment. <laughs> of Trump's fireworks display. But they've never raised that concern when the hundreds of thousands of rioters who clog the streets, burn the buildings, hurt, kill, kill, while shouting, down with America, or whatever, six inches from each other's mouth. That isn't concerning? Not really. They have a right to do that. Democratic National Committee was so worked up about this they they posted the Democratic National Committee, then they took it down, but they posted and there you know a lot of people got uh, screenshots of it. I have it and I put it in an article today. Democratic National Committee accused President Trump not of destroying the environment, but of glorifying white supremacy by visiting Mount Rushmore. And yet Barack Obama went there when he was president. I don't know. New York Times, using the pretext of deep concern that Rushmore is located on public land that was stolen from indigenous people, and the sculptor purported ties to white supremacy, and two of its subjects were slaveholders, is saying this should never happen. It shouldn't happen. They published a volume. It could be a small book in an article, attacking the president and shaming the event and shaming everyone who would go there. They didn't express a lot of concern about the virus, but they had a lot of concern about these slaveholders. The sculptor, Gutson Broglam, he had a sketchy past. There's no question about that. He was said to be anti-Semitic. He probably was. But why aren't these people pro-Israel the rest of the time? They only get pro-Israel if it's something they can do against the president or against those of us who love the country. The Times quotes in a book, Critics of the Monument have also taken issue, they say, with the men whose faces were etched into granite. <laughs> they act. You get the feeling when you read these newspapers that everybody hates America, and we can't wait to change it. They're even attacking in the Times, in the New York Times are attacking Abraham Lincoln. And they're quoting a book. They're not saying it, actually, but they're quoting a book that questions his motives and that they the book accuses him, and it's I guess it's well known among liberals. I wasn't familiar with the book, but I am now because I made myself familiar with it. But the book I guess it's in fact it's it's a it's used in the classroom in some of the colleges, maybe high school, I don't, I'm not sure. But this guy is quoted as though he's fair and balanced, and he isn't. I read a little bit of it yesterday just to familiarize myself with the context, not just what he was saying, but I will tell you, he he, he makes a big deal in the book how that Roosevelt, who's one of those faces on Mount Rushmore, he actively sought to Christianize the Native Americans. Oh no! He tried to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I didn't even know that. Tried to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the Indians, the indigenous Indians. That's why they want him off the mountain. He said, also, he said these guys were racist. Well, I'll tell you while these progressives wallow in the past, conservatives have moved on. <laughs> Not because we don't care, or we're insensitive, or we're not in denial, as we're often said to be. But because we know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, which is the absolute truth. Including these modern-day Pharisees, who choose to virtue signal on the one day of the year that's set aside to celebrate the goodness in America and our God-given freedom. Only Jesus Christ can truly and fully forgive the sins of the past, whether it's Abraham Lincoln or Gary Randall, and I'm not suggesting that I would, could tie his shoelace, but I'm just saying it doesn't matter who it is. They just are politi- so politically obsessed. They can't take a breath of fresh air or see the truth. The truth is the fact that all have sinned. George Washington sinned. Abraham Lincoln sinned. Teddy Roosevelt sinned. You have sinned. And I have sinned. And all have come short. And yet there is this whole movement in America to major on the sins of those who disagree politically. God help us. And I believe He will. And He is. I believe that. The French historian Alexis Tocqueville wrote a huge book. I I have it. I've read it. It's 800 and some pages. He toured America to see what made America great. Afterwards, he said, and I quote him, I sought for the greatness and genius of America in my commodious harbors, in its commodious harbors and her amble rivers, and it was not there. In her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. In her rich mines, in her vast world commerce, it wasn't there. In her democratic congress and her matchless constitution, and it wasn't there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard the pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. This is a French historian. America, he wrote is great because she is good, and if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. And that is the bottom line. Thomas Jefferson wrote that the chief value of studying the past is rendering the people that the safe as they are the ultimate guardians of their own liberty. History, by apprising them of the past, will enable them to be a judge of the future. We've got to know the past, the correct past, the, the honest past. We've got to know history not a revised version to advance a political agenda. In a letter written after the signing of the Declaration of Independence, Virginian John Page posed a rhetorical question to Thomas Jefferson, who is not known to be religious. I mean, he really wasn't very much. But he did a lot of things that were good for Christianity. But John Page wrote in his letter to Jefferson, he said, We know that the race is not to the swift nor the battle To the strong, do you not think an angel rides in the whirlwind and directs the storm? While loud, uninformed, biased, anti-American voices devalue the virtue and goodness of America, tens of millions of us will this weekend celebrate, and every day we are consciously aware that there is the quote-unquote angel, the hand of God rides the whirlwind and directs the affairs of the greatest experiment in human freedom in history. And God is in control. Our founding fathers knew and believed that, and so must we, that God is in control, is blessed, this nation, with it's an exceptional nation, regardless of what those street people are saying. It is. We need to celebrate it. John Adams wrote to his wife after he had signed the Declaration. He said, I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding this day, July 4, succeeding generations as a great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and prayed with shows and games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, illuminations, from one end of the continent to the other, from this time forward, forevermore. Well, President Trump's doing his part (laughs) with much criticism. And we may not do some of the things we've done in the past, but let us celebrate and remember the price that was paid and the great freedom and liberty that God has given us. And let us thank him for it. Thank you for being with me today. Have a wonderful weekend. Fourth of July. Celebrate. Thank God. I'll see you right here on Monday. And thank you for your support. We need it.